Hi, this is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Ball Control. Ball Control. You can tell by the decisions that they make. All right. Okay. So your bad teams make terrible decisions, as usual. And your good teams, they don't, they just, they sit back. So right now we're watching bad teams in action. These are all the teams that fired their head coaches. And you get to watch them go through their processes, okay? Uh, you ready for this? No. First announcement. I'm going to name you a name. You're not going to know it. All You're right. not even going to know why this guy is being hired. Fair enough. I'm going to explain why he's being hired. And it's still not going to make sense. You're still not going to know why he's being hired. All right. Okay. The name is Cliff Kingsbury. Well, he sounds like a made-up guy. He's the former head coach of Texas Tech. Okay. Why is that relevant? Because they fired him for losing. Awesome. So, so he was a bad head coach at Texas Tech. So they brought him on board. So Texas Tech, a college, a small college, yeah, not a fired him one. for underperforming. Right. So he decided to so get a job wait, <laughs> in the pro Wait. So USC, a large college, brought him on as an offensive coordinator. Okay. The NFL, for some reason, there were a couple teams who wanted to interview him, and USC said, we don't think he should interview for these jobs. He then, depending on what you've heard or believe, either forced USC to let him interview for the jobs or just interviewed anyway and just said, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, absolute legends they are. They just fired their head coach for one year? Yeah. They went ahead and gave him a job. Can we go for two? Two head coaches in two years. They went ahead and hired a guy who couldn't succeed at Texas Tech. Keep in mind, like, people, oh, well, Texas Tech is small and they're not great. That's true. They're small and not great. They're also in Texas. They've <laughs> had two good coaches in the last ten years, though. Mike Leach had several great years of that program where he was winning nine, ten games. Uh, and then after him, there was a coach, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but he had a couple of nine or ten win seasons. Cliff Kingsbury, not so much. Not so much. So it can be done, just not by Cliff Kingsbury. And they gave him the job anyway. Yeah, so basically, he's been associated with... So there's a coach, Sean McVay, okay, with the Rams. He's a young guy. I think he's 40 now, maybe. 39, 40. Um, and essentially, he came on like a lightning bolt, and he turned a really bad Rams franchise. Jeff Fisher had put the Rams in, the, in a grave. They fired Jeff Fisher to hire Sean McVay, and by his second year, they're in the playoffs this year, Okay. It's a pretty good, pretty good track record there. So everyone's like, we need to do the Sean McVay. That's what we need to do. Cliff Kingsbury is from the Sean McVay. I'm going to use finger quotes here. Coaching tree. Because Sean McVay doesn't have a coaching tree because he's only been a coach for two years. Right. Uh, but these guys worked together in a couple places. They were on staffs together. So he's like Sean McVay is what they're saying. Even though he just lost a bunch at Texas Tech, right? So he's he now fired. He's now a professional head football coach in the NFL. Only thirty-one, only thirty-two of these jobs in the entire existence. He has one. 
He couldn't keep one of his 116 jobs for two months ago. Oh, man, aren't you? Isn't it lovely? Isn't this great? Don't you love great decisions that people make? So this is uh this is Arizona staying real bad. Like I think they're gonna they're gonna be on their fourth head coach in two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they're just gonna be like, well, we're gonna obviously get the one head. Like they're, they're like they're they're doing the thing that uh the Browns did, but not for quarterbacks, but for head coaches. <laughs> right. Well, the Browns did it for head coaches too before Hugh Jackson. Uh, Hugh Jackson. Before Hugh Jackson, the Browns had gone through a head coach like every other year, and then Hugh Jackson, they're like, we can't keep firing coaches. So they gave him an extra year, <laughs> and then they fired him. Um, right. See, but they're every other year. Arizona's right. like, we got it. Like, we got it. We got to rush this process. Two years. Right. Two years. <laughs> They've got a young quarterback right there that they took in this year's draft. So I think they're hoping that, like, this guy is kind of like Sean McVay. And in St. Louis, Jared Goff is the young quarterback, and Sean McVay is the young hot coach, and they've made it work. So they're, I think they're hoping that they can do the same thing in Arizona. But it, it's – on paper, makes no sense. Also, the other thing to, to, to remember is after this round of hiring, it looks like there's only going to be two black NFL head coaches and one black general manager in wow. all of the NFL. It's a lot of the NFL. Um, there's 30, so 64. Three out of 64. It's not good. It's not good. And then you're hiring guys like Cliff Kingsbury. Right. Guy who couldn't keep his job at a college. Right, guy, exactly. He's also the first college uh, head coach who's been hired in, I think they said like s- five years? I think the last one, no, three years. The last one got hired, no, four, three or four years. The last one got hired was Bill O'Brien. So three years, I believe. Um, so, yeah. So three years, and it's a guy who couldn't even keep that job. Right. It's not that he was so good that they're like you could probably coach in the NFL. It was, you got fired. Oh, just come well, on, dude. Don't right. even worry about but it. But typically, so Bill O'Brien, he had a job with Penn State, and he wasn't happy. And the Texans were like, we would love to have Penn State wanted to keep him. He wanted out. That's not the same thing at all. No. And uh, Pete Carroll, when he came to the NFL from Seattle, by the way, he won a Super Bowl in Seattle. Uh, he had already won national titles with USC, and his contract was up, and he basically was like, I think I want to do other stuff. Nice. That's not the same thing. No. Uh, that's not the same thing as being fired. So, bad no. decisions continue. Bad decisions, still bad. <laughs> still bad. You ready for this? No. Tampa Bay, who had already announced that uh, Jameis Winston was going to be the quarterback this year, no matter what, already. They went ahead and promised him his twenty plus million dollar option. Right. Which they could have waived. He could have they could have sent him home. Right. They could have said no. Instead they're keeping him. So if they're keeping him, by the way, they had the fifth pick in the draft. So they could have made a choice there. Were they either they could have waived him and taken they would have had one of the first shots at a quarterback because the four teams above them don't need him. Right. The four teams above them are guys who took quarterbacks this year. Arizona, uh the Jets, um the I'm trying to think who the other ones are, but they all have young quarterbacks. They all have their quarterback situation settled. So the Bucks at five or six are the first team really looking at a quarterback, but they keep Winston. So they keep him. So, oops. Oh, no. So they just hired a coach. All right. Arizona, who just hired Cliff Kingsbury, their previous head coach two coaches ago, 
This guy by the name of Bruce Arians. He retired. All right. He, now, he did take Arizona to a Super Bowl in, like, his first or second season. Pretty decent. No, that's not even that's not even the right coach. I'm not, I'm wrong, okay? He didn't even do that. He did have two playoff appearances, though. Okay, at least got there. Right. Kind of. In his first three years, he only lost 11 games. In his last two years, when his quarterback got bad, he lost 16 games. Ooh. He then retired. Okay, but like... So he's been not coaching for a couple years now. Right. For, for a minute, for a hot minute. For a hot minute. Um, Tampa Bay decided that's the guy. He has a really long relationship with Jameis Winston. He's actually known him since he was like a child. He knows the family. Uh, Jameis Winston went to quarterback camps and like offensive camps and football camps that Bruce Arians used to run. Bruce Arians called him like a nickname in the in the press conference. He was like, "I've known Boogie or whatever he called him." Since so, like he he knows him forever, For- ever. He he has the way back. Okay. It's like my second dad. <laughs> right. Like, he know, like this guy knows this guy, okay? Um, but Bruce Arians, he finished real bad in Arizona. And so now the idea is that he's going to go in there and show Jameis Winston how to be a good quarterback. When he had to teach quarterbacks how to quarterback, they failed. He had Carson Palmer for a little while. That went great for him. Then when he had to move away from Carson Palmer and work with the young guys, he couldn't do it. They lost. 16 games in two years. They couldn't do it. So, you ready for his first hire, the announcement? Sure. Uh, it's the head coach, uh, Bowles, Todd Bowles, of the Jets, who got fired because he hasn't he hasn't had a winning season in three years. Good for him. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for Bruce Arians. That's a great, honestly, like, how could how could this possibly fail? <laughs> so you've got a guy who went 8-8 eight and eight his last two years in Arizona, basically. I'm averaging him out. I'm doing him a favor. And then you've had a, you got a guy who ha- didn't have a winning season in three years in New York. You're bringing him together and playing him with a quarterback who you benched twice in one season. Look, we're, we're greater than the sum of our parts, we hope. <laughs> you because be even if you add those up, it's still bad. It's still really bad. Um, they got to decide what they're gonna do with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The whole franchise is a mess. They don't play defense. People, Deshaun Jackson doesn't want to play there anymore. <laughs> he wants to leave Tampa. He's making millions of dollars to run around in Tampa, and he's like, "I can I leave yet? I don't want to be here anymore. Is there anywhere else? Like, I'll go to Michigan. Like, I don't, I don't care anywhere. <laughs> Trade me to a basketball team. <laughs> right. Can I play? Can I play for the Toronto Raptors? I'll do that. Um, the other talks that nothing's been officially signed yet anywhere. Uh, it, it might be by tomorrow. Uh, but it's just more recycling. It's just more recycling of other bad coaches in other places. Yeah. Uh, the Browns might promote from within, but they went ahead and fired Greg Williams. Okay, good for them. Right. Now, and you pointed this out, that Greg Williams was at least winning. Right. And someone else, I saw this on Facebook, and it didn't really dawn on me. Greg Williams had coached Cleveland to more wins than any head coach for, like, the past four years. Yeah, they had, a, they had a winning season from a season with literally zero wins. And um, now, I, like I explained to you, Greg Williams is a crazy person. Right, but at um, least he did his job. Right, and I do agree with that. I think the problem is if if you give him too much rope. <laughs> He's just going to strangle people with it. Yes, 
And so I just don't think you could trust him for another season. I think that was the best thing that could happen for Greg Williams, and he gets to go somewhere and make a lot of money as a defensive co- uh, coordinator. But, yeah. So they did fire their most winning. The Cleveland Browns fired their most winningest coach in five years. Good, good times. <laughs> they make only good decisions. Um, all that being said, when we come back, uh, more ball control. We're going to talk more terrible college football. Uh, yeah, ball control. Ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to some more ball control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Hey, just checking in. 2019, how's it been? Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's back up to pretty good. Yeah. So it went from okay back. So it passed good to pretty good. So pretty good. Is that above good on the scale? Yeah, but only slightly. <laughs> only slightly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm so confused. <laughs> Your measurements make no measuring sense. You make no measure sense. <laughs> Look, it's just a feeling, all right? I'm just, I'm just feeling it out. I'm just feeling it out. Okay. You ready? No. All right. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with a, a new story that I think is really just a problem, and then we're gonna do the we're gonna do the national title game. If okay? it's if it's if it's college football, it's all a problem. It really is. The whole thing. Okay. Just redo the whole thing. So U of H fired Major Applewhite. All right. Yeah. Um, it'd been two years. They weren't happy. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, they won't go to playoffs. They don't want to get blown out seventy to ten. Right. Um. So here's the thing. There's a guy that they hire by the name of Holgerson. Okay. Sounds aggressive. Sounds like a supervillain. He, he's from University of, is it West Virginia? Is it, yeah, it's univer- It's West Virginia's head coach, Dana Holgerson, okay? All right. Overall, that's not, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. West Virginia has a tougher schedule, and he wins these hard games, so it probably means in U of H, which is an easier schedule, he's going to win a lot of games, okay? Right. Which just might be a good hire for them. But something caught my eye. Okay? What's up? Um, I watched so about like 38 seconds of the press conference. All right, it took and you a whole less than 40 seconds to figure out. Yeah, and I noticed somebody standing in the shot. Who's Kay? that? It was the athletic director. It was Dana Holgerson standing there holding a U of H jersey. And another guy was leaning over, and he had a hand on the jersey and had a hand wrapped around Dana Holgerson. You ready? Who's that? It was Tillman Furtada. Who's that? Do you, know, you don't know who Tillman Furtado is, honestly? No. Okay. He is the billionaire here in Houston. Uh, he actually has a show, Billionaire Buyer, where right. he owns so much stuff. He started off owning all the different restaurant chains, Landry's and all the different things. Uh, he built a casino right here in in Louisiana. Uh, he just bought the Rockets for a billion dollars. Um, He has a show where he goes around and basically it's like him finding products that integrate into his stuff. And so he takes small businesses and, and gives them, like, million-dollar purchase orders and changes their lives and blah, blah, blah. So, like, let's say you're a small cookie company here in Houston, uh, but your cookies are delicious and people talk about it. He's like, oh, I'm going to check out these cookies. And he'll go and try your cookies, and then he'll kind of watch your business, and he'll give you some test runs. And if everything works out and the cookies are good, he'll be like, I'm going to order two million a year cookies for the next year to put in my casino. And, like, you make crazy money. Right, but you gotta you gotta be able to handle his orders. So the show is about can he help you scale your business? Is your business scalable to do big orders and make money and change your life? It's inter- it's 
I like these. Biz- I like the Prophet and Shark Tank and all that stuff. It fits right. in that little portfolio. It's a good show. Neat. He's a billionaire, but you know what he's not? What? He's not like the president of U of H. He's nah. he's not the athletic director of U of H. Yeah, he's just gonna own all of U of H though. He's a booster. He's just an alumni. He's a donor. Do you know why this is relevant? Because he's a billionaire. Because he's a billionaire. Do you know how much they're going to pay West Virginia's Dana Holgerson to leave West Virginia and come coach U of H? I was thinking at a billion dollars. Four million dollars a year. A year? A year. Oh, my God. To coach U of H. That already puts him in, like, the top 40, top 30 of head coaches for pay. Uh, Nick Saban makes, I believe, uh, 10 to $12 million a year, but he has five national titles in 10 years. Right. He he goes to the nationals every the every guys year. the guys who okay you ready he'll be the highest paid coach in the group of five, uh which is I think I think they're counting that as his buyout of West Virginia was a million dollars, um who's this group of five that they're referencing at oh I guess the American Conference that's a lot Oklahoma Texas Oklahoma State. SMU Temple, stuff like that. Anyway, $4 million a year. Jeez. So this article literally, it's an article on Sports Map. Um, and it's written by Fred Fowler. Oh, my my, my buddy. You know that guy. I, uh, sort of. We, we've actually never met in person, but we, we email and stuff. I have some articles that he puts on his website. Um, so the... the th- right here at the back end of the article. Since Fertitta has become involved, the program has had high aspirations. Fertitta has deep pockets and the kind of personality that gets attention. He flew um, Dana Holgerson down in a private jet down to U of H to do the interview in person. Oh, man. This is my problem with college football. U of H has no business. No business. Paying someone $4 million to coach football at U of H. None. That money... It's an excessive amount of money. That money needs to be directed towards real things, real stuff in U of H. But Tillman Fertitta, at the end of last year, he's gotten so involved in the sports at U of H that uh, they they put him in the U of H Athletic Ring of Honor or something like that. I believe he's going to have a basketball stadium named after him down there at U of H. He's putting real money in there. And he's doing it so that he can do stuff like this. Stand next to the head coach and athletic director, put his arm around the head coach, and say, look what I did. Right. I I hired the head coach for U of H. He did do that. That is what he's doing. Four million dollars. You telling me he didn't personally promise U of H to write that check? Like in in a closed-door meeting when U of H was like, I I mean, how are we going to – I mean, we got to pay Major Applewhite for two more years. Like, how are we going to afford this? Someone's like, don't worry about it, bro. He wrote him a check. Them checks are going clear. And he doesn't talk like that. That's all he says. But, but I mean. <laughs> I hope he sounds like that. <laughs> That'd be awesome if he did. That'd be the best billionaire ever. But wrap your brain around that. This guy who's not the president. He's not the athletic director. He's not even working for the university. He's at their press conference with his arm around Dana Holgerson as they announce Dana Holgerson to be the new head coach. Yeah, good for him. How does that even make sense? Uh, that's what happens when you have millions of dollars and you just give them away because you're a billionaire. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Uh, how much time we got? We got a whole two minutes. Okay. Did you watch the Nash title game? No, I did not. I, I knew you didn't. I, I don't know why I didn't ask that. Um, here's my thoughts 
Alabama is still one of the best teams in the entire country. Nick Saban's still one of the most important head coaches in all of college football. Correct. Him and Clemson have gone back and forth now for four years. They're two and two for national titles. It's pretty good. They flat out embarrassed Notre Dame and um, I, I've already forgotten who the other uh, Oklahoma was the other school. They flat out just they beat them real bad. <laughs> they hurt them. Oh em. no, they not, hurt them. Not Notre Dame. Notre Dame had. I mean, it was zero chance. They had no. There was no point for them to even come. They should never have been invited. But like I told you, <laughs> when they go undefeated, <laughs> they will always be in it. Now right. FSU, they played uh, LSU or Georgia, one of the two. And they lost, but it was like 35-33 at the final score. They should have been in a top four game. Right. They should have been. They might have lost. They probably would have lost a playoff game also. Just replace Oklahoma. No one cares about Oklahoma. Or Notre Dame, who got blown out. Yeah, but at least Notre Dame went undefeated. Oklahoma lost. That's true. (laughs) You're right about that, but Notre Dame literally got, I think, zero points. Shut out. Wow, that's pretty bad. I believe it was uh, three points. And this was my point. If they're bad enough. So that if they get to this caliber and they get absolutely swamped, then we can all agree, all right, they're not that good. But next year when they go undefeated, they're going to go right back in it. Even though FSU went undefeated last, uh, two, last years. Year, two years in a row, and then this year they lost their bowl game. That's it. There's if, if, One loss in two years, and one was in a bowl game, and only by two points. And it was to uh, the number five team, number seven team in the nation. Right. Uh, their team, their program's not good enough, though. <laughs> right. And that's what will happen. FSU will go undefeated. Notre Dame will go undefeated. They'll put Notre Dame back in the top four, and FSU will have to play another bowl game. Bowl games, don't, they don't mean anything. It's stupid. It's right. dumb. It's, it's a walk away so everybody can feel good about themselves. Hey, we're on the bowl game. Okay, I only had seven wins this season, but I'm bowl eligible. We're going to go to Hawaii. We're going to all get laptops and T-shirts. And if we win, I get to finish on a win, and then we have eight wins, and it's an eight-win season. I get to tell people that we are. If you come here, we'll play for sure in Hawaii next year. Yay. It's stupid. It's a dumb thing. But, yeah, does it not blow your mind that Clemson, I think they have a freshman quarterback who was amazing in this game. So he's going to play at least two more years because of the way the, the, real, the rules are. Stupid. I honestly think Clemson and Alabama are just going to keep going back and forth and back and forth. Right. Here we are. We're going to look at 10 years from now. For at least for the next little window. Now, this is where uh, attrition starts to happen because Alabama, they people keep taking away the coaches, hiring the coaches, and hiring the coaches, and hiring the coaches. Players keep leaving for the NFL and NFL. Now, Alabama winds up – every year they have the number one draft class. I believe they've had it seven in the last nine years. That's insane. But Clemson has been right behind them, like third or fourth, and developed players and gotten right to the same spot that Alabama's in. Um, I think they're going to keep doing it. I think Alabama starts to fall off. I think losing to Clemson every other year is going to start hurting them. In the rankings, people are going to start saying, well, Alabama's kind of beatable. Part of it's the confidence, the mental thing. Sports is so mental. Sports is a mental thing. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is the beginning of the chipping away. At Alabama? Yeah. I think it's still three, four years of games like this. The, the Nick Saban still wins probably one or two more national championships. But this is where, when they look back, this is where they circle it. Where Clemson, with their freshman quarterback, came in and beat Alabama soundly, soundly. And there were weird things. There was a fake field goal that didn't make sense. Alabama left points on the board in the in the first half. They kept going forward on fourth downs when they were like 10 yards away instead of just kicking the field goals. Um, there were just weird things Alabama was doing, decisions in this game that, that, that I questioned the whole game. And you don't normally do that in an Alabama game. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some, some Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's a man with a lot of choices, Nico. 
Fair enough. All right, we got more ball control coming your way. Ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to some more ball control. Uh, this is Corey DLG, and uh, with me as always is a little brother Nico. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 is good radio. If you didn't know that. <laughs> I, I, I think I was going to say something else, but I didn't feel like it. Uh, I just went, uh, uh, took I a think you couldn't figure out who you were for a minute. I took a brain poo on that one. I I'm a uh, Corey here. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's for me. <laughs> That's good radio right there. That's solid gold, platinum. Print it. <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt. Oh, man. Just a shirt that just says, uh, <laughs> with like 97 H's on it. Like, just the whole way down. Uh. uh goes around, like, the side of the shirt to the d- back. And then an ellipses. <laughs> just an ellipses on the back. That's the worst shirt. I, I would buy it. Um. I would buy it for you. <laughs> thank you. See, I don't have to buy it. Okay. You ready? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do a little role play here. You ready, Nico? Sure. Your name is Kyler Murray. Cool. I've always wanted to be a Murray. <laughs> you are a Murray. Great news, Murray. What's up? You, what got, you got choices to make. Multiple choice? Multiple choice. Is there a written component? Uh, there's not. Okay. Are you ready? No. Okay. You're an athlete. There's never a written component for athletes. That's a mistake in the making. Let's not do that. <laughs> Good news. Yay. You've been drafted number one overall by the Oakland A's. In the Major League Baseball draft. Cool. Yeah? I guess. Excited? I mean, it'll only take me 20 years to make a billion dollars. Great news, though, because you're number one pick. You have, you're invited to big league camp this this offseason when training camp starts in like 20 days, by the way. Oh, sweet. And, and because you're a first round pick and a high one at that, your signing bonus, should, should you sign, $4.66 $4.66 million. Hey, that's pretty good. Take that home. It's in the bank. It's yours. It's a signing bonus. You sign right here, you get $4 million. 4.6. That's pretty solid. And you've got one of the most aggressive agents in all of baseball, Scott Boris. He makes money out of nothing. Oh, sweet. So, things are looking pretty good for your baseball career. Yeah, sounds all right. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, guess what, Kyler? Uh, you go to Oklahoma where you play baseball. Okay? Okay. Well, guess who their quarterback was? Who? Baker Mayfield. Oh, nice. You were the backup quarterback. Okay, cool. So you get to play quarterback this year if you want, but you already have this baseball contract. Right. But you could be the starter if you want. I guess that's neat. So you start. Yeah. Good news. You won the Heisman. Oh, I'm the best ever. (laughs) You had statistically one of the greatest seasons in the history of college football. It was so far and above better than number two that there was no doubt you were going to win the Heisman by the time the voting happened. Well, that's a good feeling. You won your uh, your conference championship, and you were number you were the three seed in the college playoff. Though you were the four seed, and you got to play Alabama, who embarrassed you. Oh, but but it was Alabama. It was Alabama. Now you have to decide. Was this the one year ever, ever, that you play quarterback? Or you could declare for the 2019 NFL Draft where you're probably a top five pick. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) There's so many good choices. So, 
the Oakland A's and Scott Boris, who have said all year that there's absolutely no way Kyler Murray is going to the NFL. He's just having fun playing football. The money's already on the table. He's already a happy guy. He's going to play baseball, definitely, for sure. Right. Uh, About four days ago, Scott Boris changed his mind. Oh. Scott Boris said, well, if he wants to play football, that is an option for him. It's a possibility. Problem is, now he's a Heisman winner. Right. Heisman winners typically know how to play football. Usually. Heisman winners usually go pretty high in the draft. Usually. There's now a real good chance Kyler Murray could be a top five pick. And a top five pick gets a lot more than $4.66 million to sign a contract. Right. A lot more. A lot more. So, all of a sudden, Oakland is like, hey, don't forget, you got to report to to baseball camp in 20 days. Spring training, 20 days. He has an invite to the big league spring training, not the minor leagues. Big league. Now, more than likely if he shows up, they'll try him out, but they'll wind up sending him down to probably like advanced AAA or like advanced AA in middle of the year or the end of this year. They'd, they'd bring him up. They've started doing that now with the younger players. They spend about a year in the minors. Um, So this is just speaking from what I know about baseball and football. I would easily take football at any moment. <laughs> I think I would too because I think the rookie contract is going to be it, uh, even even if you don't even factor in the fact that like just the initial value is there like if I make it in the NFL the amount of money and the amount of time it takes is way shorter because correct because in, in baseball I have to play for the next fifteen years of my life to make any sort of real money or I can play three years in the NFL right and so be like decent <laughs> so if he gets taken. Like, we've already said the top four picks aren't quarterback-taking teams. They're not in the market. Right. How, top old five. Is, how old is he? Kyler Murray, he is 19 or 20. But he's going to be at draft. He can enter the 2019 draft. Okay. Because of just the way things have happened for him. All right. Um, So, for him, uh, essentially how this would work out, he would probably be the first quarterback taken. He'd be taken six or seven. That's $20 million contract. Right. If he goes to play baseball, he'll have the $4 million in the bank. But then he'll basically make $700,000, $600,000 for the next five years. So that's right. another $3 bucks in salary. Okay? Then he goes to arbitration for two or three years, and then that will be eight years in. Then he's eligible for that big money year. That's when he can sign his $100 million contract. Bryce Harper is 26, 27, and he's chasing his $300 million deal this year. Um, so Kyler Murray is six to seven years away from chasing his $100 million deal as a baseball player. In the NFL, he would get four years and about $20 million with a fifth-year option, with that fifth-year option being worth somewhere between 15 to $22 million. Jameis Winston is getting 21 for his fifth year. Okay? Yeah. Um, so $16 million just in that one year. The other four years, another 20. So you're already at $36 million. Right. You're way ahead. Way, if, way ahead. If you're, any, if you're any good and the team is going to stick with you as the starter, you're then going to get $100 million. Right. Right there on the spot. 
So you're going to get $100 million in your sixth year instead of in your seventh to eighth year. Right. Um, what do you choose? Again, I go, I go, I go football. I think. I, I just think you start, you start higher, and you, if you're any, if you're any good at all, then like you'll, you'll stay somewhere for a while. Right. And I you'll be there for a while. And I, and I, I don't like to say this because you're dumb, but I agree with you. I think you're right. <laughs> you don't know anything about sports, but I think you're a hundred percent correct about this. I think the money is right there in uh, in football, right? Because he's playing quarterback. If he was like a running back, uh, a, a, a linebacker, anything else, right? I'd say then if it was in some other position that not everyone wants to be in, yeah, th- then go play baseball, right? Go take, play, go take play the baseball. four million up front, and in six or seven years, if you're any good, you'll get you'll get two hundred and fifty million dollars, right? Um, yeah. also he doesn't have to stay as good for as long as he does. Right. Like he doesn't have to be an ace baseball player for the next ten years of his life to get three hundred million dollars, or he could be a decent, a, a de- an okay b- <laughs> That's football the thing. player. Ryan Tannehill has been middle of the NFL his whole career. He got two contracts out of Miami. He got his rookie deal, and then he got his extension, and that extension was worth seventy, eighty million dollars. Right on top of what he made as a rookie. Right, and that's because that's because they. They don't know, you know, they don't have. <laughs> All you have to be is average in the NFL. Well, that's because if they think you might be the guy, they can't afford to to, to, to get, get rid, rid of, of you. you. Yeah, because it's so hard at quarterback to, to get it right. Right. So Ryan Tannehill has always been up and down, and he, he's been just up enough and just down enough and just up enough at the right times that they had to keep signing. They're like, them. we're going to cut you, and then he has, like, two freaking amazing games, and they're like, oh, I guess we can't cut right. you. Right, and you know what's happened? He's gotten a lot of head coaches fired. Right. But he sticks around, although now I do th- – they're now on a new head coach, and I do think it's – I think it's I think it's time <laughs> you to – think it's at the end of the run? Yeah, because he keeps getting hurt now. It's oh. been six, seven years now, and he he's, he's – Yeah, but he's made his $100 million now. <laughs> yeah, he he's definitely – He's definitely in career earning cleared 100 million at this point. I believe so. Right. And I, and that's the issue is uh just time. Yeah, it's it just takes too long to make money in baseball. It does. It does. And also you don't even get to play pro usually right away. You get no. to train with the pros. That's cool, I and guess. And then they'll send you down and you'll be that's the other part is you'll be with guys like you and then if your team doesn't need your position, like let's say Oakland let's say whoever they like, oh, Kyler, Kyler, go ahead and come down and, and we're going to bring you up at, at outfield at the midway park. Right. Well, if they start the season and their outfield blows up and it's just amazing, now Kyler Murray just has to sit there and wait for his opening. Right. Oh, no. Like, if you're – And if, and if you're, 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 your big bro, Baker Mayfield, is like everyone's like little crushing fan – Crushing it in Cleveland. Right. Like, everyone loves him now. He's like the little poster child. He's a little engine that could. Like, he's the crushing best. Crushing it. <laughs> if you're Oakland, though, this is terrible news for you because – while he will have to give you back the $4.66 million. What a tragedy. You won't get your first-round pick back. You won't get a compensatory pick. So what happens if the guy doesn't sign but he doesn't go to another sport? You get another pick as a compensatory pick. Yeah, because um, your guy just disappeared on you. Right. That doesn't happen if he goes to another sport. <laughs> so Also, I'd like to mention that he that's that's just an insane year. Just in general. Yeah, it is, right? Being you start like the year off getting drafted. T- by two different sports. Yeah, there's a possibility. Now, and everyone agrees he can't play both. He'll have to make a choice. Um, right. But, yeah. Tell me that's not a good choice. 
That's a pretty good one. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to comment on this. They're throwing this highlight up of the Rockets. We've got we've got the Sports Center on mute, and James Harden's playing defense. I'm going to use some air quotes here. He gets pegged in the face with a basketball by Giannis Montalusis. I said that totally wrong. Not even close. The Greek freak literally is trying to cross court and pegs James Harden in the head with the basketball. You can't tell me you're trying at all in defense if you get hit. <laughs> if you get hit by the basketball. If you're on defense and someone pegs you in the face with the basketball, you were not paying attention. I think he did it on purpose. Like, he's not looking. I'm going to hit him with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have. He should have. Every time I see James Harden look away, I'd hit him in the face with the basketball. He'd miss every shot he took that game because he'd be like, they, got, they keep pegging me. I don't, I, I'm off my game. Like, if you bounce the ball off somebody else's head and it goes out, do you get the ball back? Yeah, it's out on them. Oh, perfect. I'm I, would gonna, I would do that every time. Over dude. and over. There's a thing in basketball that people do, and actually I saw a little clip of this real quick, where they, if your defender who's guarding you when you inbound isn't watching, you can inbound it off their back, and if you get both feet inbound before the ball comes back to you, you're legit. You can have it. But just watch the clip where a kid wins for his high school fe- basketball team by doing that. He inbounds off the back of his opponent and just shoots – the little layup to win the game. There you go. Like, they're running the play where everyone's trying to get free and trying to get free and no one's getting free, and he's got the ball, and he's got the ball, and he doesn't know what to do, and his defender's back is turned. So he just pegs him in the back, steps in bounds, lays it up for the win. There you go. Like the pros. <laughs> like, it looks smooth. Like, it looks like the kid's like, this is this is too easy. Um, bink. <laughs> bink. I win. Uh, but, yeah, seriously, if you get pegged in the face by the basketball, you're not paying attention on defense. No. Not, now, if you're, like, you're diving for it or you put your head in the way, that's one thing. That's not what happened on this clip. No, he's just standing there. He's just standing there, and he gets pegged in the face. Uh, we're going to jump out to a break when we come back. If Nico hasn't declared himself eligible for the radio draft, we're going to talk about this week's playoff game. Ball control. Ball control. Welcome back to Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. So, 2019, better or worse now that you've been drafted? It's okay. It's, just, it's back to okay. This is <laughs> – I feel like we just need the chart to track this. I'm, I'm blown away. It went from good, okay, pretty good, okay. <laughs> and the weird part is nothing has happened. There's no influence on this. I, I, the, no, the I, I've, learned, I've learned new things. I don't think so. Yeah. You're just excited now to be drafted? Yeah. But you're not excited. You're just okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I hate you. All right. I don't know what the future holds. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to baseball camp in 20 days or that's right, <laughs> football yeah. next year. Why would he even, like, uh, at this point, like, now that both are open and realistically, and the weird part is, I forgot to say this, going to entering the NFL draft doesn't cancel his contract. So he can literally enter the NFL draft, see where he gets drafted, if he wants to play there, if he likes the spot, if the money's good, he can take it. And if not, he can just show up for training camp. <laughs> right. Tell me that doesn't blow you away. That's pretty good. He's got the best situation I've ever heard of anybody. I want to be Kyler Murray just for the next two months. Right. <laughs> just so I can make these crazy decisions. I just want to know what the process is like. All right. So let's talk about crazy decisions. This is the divisional round of the playoffs. Yay. Uh, the Colts, who embarrassed the Houston Texans. Fantastic. We'll be at Kansas City to kick it all off at 3.30 Central right here on uh, NBC nice. Saturday. 
this is an interesting game to me. Uh, Andrew Luck coming back from injuries kind of reasserted himself as an amazing quarterback. Really By the way, though. Andrew Luck, a guy who for two years couldn't throw a football, has eight playoff wins. He is it's just crushing it right now. Yeah. Or the, no, no, no. This is eighth eighth playoff game. I'm sorry. That's still more impressive. I mean, he's only six years in the league, I believe. Seven years in the league, maybe. That's crazy because he missed football for a year and a half. Yep. Eight playoff games. Just just came back. I, the vengeance. The Texans or the Cowboys would kill for eight playoff games. They wish. They don't even care what the record would be. They're like, we've had two playoffs. Uh, eight times. Yeah. Andrew looks like, I do that all the time. Right, yeah, that, this is my eighth one already. I, I did it when I couldn't throw. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Patrick Mahone, though, I do think we'll beat them. This is Kansas City. They sat back last week. They watched the game, and they're like, we could do that. Uh, Kansas City, I think, will win this game, and I think they will win it decisively. I think, but like, I say decisively by more than 10 points, but not like 30 or anything like that. Right. Uh, do the Dallas Cowboys then go to the Rams at 7-15 on Fox on Saturday night? Oh, you're telling me one of the worst coach teams versus one of the best teams <laughs> in the league right now? Yeah. And if Todd, here's the thing. If Todd Gurley is healthy and plays four quarters, the Rams will win that game. Yeah. Yeah. If Todd Gurley is not healthy or does not play all four quarters, the Rams will lose that game. Interesting. And I don't like saying that because I don't want to envision scenarios where Dallas can win. But realistically, Dallas can win if Todd Gurley doesn't play. Um, so it pains me to say that. But Ty, literally, just here's all you need to know about this game. If you don't watch it for some reason, go to the box score, find Todd Gurley. And if there's a lot of yards and touchdowns next to his name, the Rams won. <laughs> that's all that matters. Right. That's it. It doesn't that's even it. matter. That's the only one. That's the only thing you need to look up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all the rest of it. Um, Sunday comes around, and Phillip Rivers has to play his old nemesis, the New England Patriots. Ooh. This is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers at New England. It's at 12.05 on CBS. Tom Brady was sitting back. He was waiting. <laughs> He was like, who am I going to play? Am I going to play the Baltimore Ravens? Am I going to play the San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers? And uh, he got the Chargers. Um, I don't know that the that the Patriots can beat this Chargers team. You don't think so? I don't think so. And I don't love this Chargers team. I just don't also don't love this Patriots team. That's true. They did lose to Miami. They've had some ugly games. And really, Pittsburgh should have beat this team. There's been some games that they should have lost, where the other don't. The other team just laid eggs at the end, or just did something stupid at the end. And, and now Patriots, that that is okay. Listen, Tom Brady may be the greatest quarterback. Bill Belichick is definitely the greatest coach. Right. There won't be mistakes made by the Patriots. Right. But I don't know if that will matter. If the if San Diego just scores how they can score. It doesn't matter. It won't matter. If if San Diego get or I keep doing that. If Los Angeles gets to twenty eight points, I don't think New England can keep up. I don't think this is the New England team that can keep up. Uh so I do, I think that I think this is a win for them. You think so? I do. And that takes us to Philadelphia at New Orleans. This is an exciting game. Yeah, this is the one I'm I'm excited. Three forty Fox Sunday afternoon. Nice. Nick Foles, Drew Brees, the Superdome. <sighs> this one's kind of hard. I 
the Saints defense is playing a little bit, and the Saints offense is playing a lot of it, a lot of it. I think, I think the Saints win a close game. I think it finishes within five or six points. You think so? Yeah, but I think that's it, a fair. That's a fair thing. I think it could be like forty-two, thirty, uh, thirty-seven, though, something like that. But like, I I think the Saints win it. Um, so remember last week I correctly predicted three road teams and one home team to win. Right, you just picked the wrong home team. I did pick the wrong home team. Uh, but when we were making, when I was making the picks, I was like, "Man, I've got three road teams winning. That's crazy!" And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, the only road team I see for sure winning is the Chargers, and Dallas is a question mark to me. I think this is the week that three home teams win. You think so? I do. I yeah, it'd be wild if you're wrong again, but only like you're just like wrong I just about get the, the team. wrong one. Yeah. yeah, you wind up being Dallas who wins or something like that. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'll be so mad. I can see that is a possibility though. Again. It's all the the Dallas Rams game just depends on what Todd Gurley does. If you look that game up and Todd Gurley has seventy yards and no touchdowns, it's bad. Dallas Cowboys win that game. Uh, all that being said, what where are we at on time? Is it time? We got a whole minute left. We got a whole minute. All right. Okay. Cool. So playoffs almost over. Out of those teams, who do, who do you think can win a Super Bowl? Uh, I think I'm just gonna go back to uh. The Saints. They've just been they've been playing really well this year. And not only have they been playing really well this year, they've also been switching up their quarterback. They're not really relying on like the same offensive tools all the time. Right. And they've been using that uh that Hill guy. Right. Like what's what other what other team right now is switching their quarterbacks out? Like that? No. Tennessee mm. was and that was it. And Tennessee right. Tennessee's, and Tennessee's now. now. Yeah. yeah. Uh no, I agree. And uh, and a team of, of that caliber. And the only real thing they what they never got shut out except for the one game against Dallas, right? Was honestly just a fluke, I think. Well, and there were so many penalties on Dallas they just never called in that game. We watched right. that game and, and there were all those helmet to helmets and all that. Right. Um, Literally, clips of guys their heads just moving back and right. there's just and no they, shoulder, and, and you're like, like, no, nah, it's no. not. We're not gonna call it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think the Saints have the cleanest chance. Like, I don't want to. I don't even feel like I need to edge anything on that one. Um, I think the Chiefs, the problem is the Chiefs, Andy Reid has this bugaboo where he has these great seasons. When he was the Eagles head coach, Donovan McNabb played in four straight conference championships. He only went to one Super Bowl. Hmm. So they were one in three in, in, in the most, the second most important game, the conference championship. That's got to be frustrating to lose a conference championship over and over because you just have really long seasons at that point. Right. You just you're just playing a bunch of extra games for no reason. <laughs> and then you lose, and then you're like, oh gosh. The winner goes to the Super Bowl. Oh, you blew it three out of four years. Uh that's a rough that's a hard sell. That was the Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid, Philadelphia Eagles, though. Um so Andy Reid, now Patrick Mahomes, I I I I think he's a gamer. I think he's a winner. But Andy Reid has something to prove to me. But Sean Payton, Drew Brees, they already have a ring. I believe right. in them. Right. Um, all that being said, we're gonna jump out here. This has been uh, another excellent, amazing, perfect, great, minor, okay, uh, probably not terrible episode of Ball Control. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Conrad. See you next week. Ball Control. Ball Control.